Can you hear that sound? Canelo Kovalev week is upon us in the State of Combat podcast. Has you covered with bonus, not just one, not just two. I think we're giving you a three. We're going to give four. We might give you a pot every hour from Las Vegas, getting you fired up, of course, for Saturday's light heavyweight title bout when Canelo Alvarez moves up two weight classes to face Sergey Kovalev only on the zone. And the Brian Campbell is definitely the voice that you hear live and direct right now in Las Vegas. MGM Grand for Media Day. We got a bonus pod today, Thursday of Fight Week. You want to talk about a guest list. What other show is going to put it on the line? This one will today. We got names like Ryan Garcia talking about his new deal with Golden Boy. The soap opera he went through to get into this co-main event fight. We've got his opponent, Romero Duno fired up. We got Eric Gomez, the Golden Boy president. Going to comment on a lot of things, including those issues right now between Canelo and Oscar that are stealing the narrative ahead of the fight. Other guests you're going to hear today, Blair the Flair Cobbs. Get ready for this pro wrestling indeed. We got the zone announcers, Chris Mannix, Todd Grisham, Sergio Mora, Claudia Trejos setting the trends, the tones of what you should be looking out for heading into this fight. And Sergey Kovalev trainer Buddy McGurr with a very interesting chat on the mindset, on the changes they have made in camp to sort of revitalize Kovalev at age 36. You want to hear that along with Kovalev's manager, Igas Klimas. Going to tell you the latest on Camp Kovalev, on what's going on with Lomachenko, Usyk, all your favorites, one of the most powerful men in the sport. This audio, by the way. So, you know, unmistakable, untraceable. Yes, it is that performance-enhancing audio getting you fired up. Your boy BC loving this type of stuff. One name after another. We got a special edition pod for you today, Thursday. Don't miss Fridays when the guest list gets even bigger. Who do you want? You want Canelo Alvarez? You got him. You want Sergey Kovalev? You want Bernard Hopkins? Kathy Duva telling some good stories from back in the day. And a must-see women's boxing match, I might add, on Saturday on this undercard. When Marlena Sparza and Sinisa Estrada get in there for a vacant women's flyweight title, plenty of beef between them. You're going to check that out on Friday's show. But hey, buckle up. Get ready, please. Five-star review season is still upon us. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you consume fine audio. And don't forget, after the fight, Saturday night, Rafe Boogs is going to dial in from Detroit. Your boy BC is going to exit that arena. We're going to give you that instant analysis, breaking down all things on this fight Fired up. What's it going to look like, folks? Canelo, putting the man, putting the daddy pants on here, all right? Moving up to 175. What's it going to look like when Kovalev lands that jab? And on that flip side, the body, the body, the body. Hashtag what a beauty, body. Canelo, he's going to chop away at that tree. Can't wait to see this fight. Fired up. Love giving you the bonus audio, and it's coming at you right now. We kick it off with your guy, my guy, Rye guy, the sensation, the Instagram machine, Ryan Garcia coming at you right now. Uh, yeah, you know, so I'm sitting here with Ryan Garcia. It's Canelo Kovalev Fight Week. We are fired up. I think 3 million Instagram followers can't be yeah, wrong. 3.7. That, that you are the, the next big thing in the sport <laughs> at 21. I want to congratulate you on the biggest victory of your career. No, it didn't happen in the ring. It just happened at the negotiation table. When you sign what Golden Boy put out as what a record deal for a prospect record, yeah. on the way up, uh, I know it was a little soap opera. It was a 
process? Can you can you talk to us about the journey to get to where you are now? Um, you know, as you know, my last fight, you know, it didn't happen. The guy got arrested, and um, there was a lot of drama in that week uh, of the fight that was supposed to happen. And you know, things were said, uh, and and uh, I had a chance to uh, stand up for myself and to um, to know my worth, and that's what I did. Um, and Golden Boy, we all sat down and fixed our miscommunication. There you go. And they uh, they uh, definitely showed me that they believe in me. All right. Well, you know, a couple zeros on the end. We'll do that sometimes. Congrats on that. At 21, you're unbeaten. Mm-hmm. You're making moves. But there's always a friggin' target on you because they're, yeah. you're looked at as, well, he's just a pretty boy. He can't fight. Yeah. Does that, that become tiresome or is it part of the game here? Where are you at with that? It does get tiresome. Um, but I, I've accepted what people's image on me is. You know, I can't now, now, like, what am I going to do to change that, you know, other than knock people out in the ring? So I'm thinking to myself, let me just go in the ring. Let me knock these guys out. I got to knock out <laughs> and everything will be okay. <laughs> do you think you're sort of predestined to handle the pressure that comes with success at an early age? That comes with, like I mentioned, every fighter looking at you as their biggest potential payday. Like they're, yeah. like they're drooling, like it's a piece of meat coming your yeah. way. Isn't it crazy? Um, you see these certain athletes and you like, you just look at them like, damn, they're in this position. There's so much hype around them and it's because they were destined to do this. And I feel like there's a sense of that for me that, you know, I wouldn't be in this position if I couldn't handle it. And I always say to myself, you know, God won't put me in a position I can't handle. So I'm in here for a reason and I'm going to show why I'm I'm there. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to take full advantage of my opportunity. I like that. You're going to be facing Romero Duno in Saturday's co-main event. I mean, it's Canelo Kovlev, and then it's Garcia right there. Duno, man, guy's got a lot of balls, making T-shirts with your name on it. But he yeah. told us, he sat in this chair, he said, I don't care about Ryan's feelings, or his followers. It's just all about getting that fight. You respect yeah. this guy? Where are we at? Uh, no, because to me, it was a little bit fake. That's not him. He won't, he, I, I don't know. I think he has a conflict in his mind and his emotions. Like some days he wants to be very humble. Some days he wants to be this guy that's calling me out. And it's like, well, who do you want to be? Do you want to be Manny Pacquiao? Like all humble and quiet? Or do you want to be a shit talking Manny Pacquiao? Hey, Which one do you want to be? Choose your lane, right? Choose your lane and stay there, man. Stop switching up. All right. Take that, Romero Duno. Um, he's unbeaten. But this is seen as a step up in class for him. Is he going to be able to handle your speed? What kind of fight? He says the key for him is push you in those deep waters. Get you your stamina tested to a level that we've never seen before yet. He needs to worry about his stamina. You seen his last fight? I have. He he need, he almost got beat by a guy that didn't want to be there. So who really needs to work on their stamina? And I heard that he got a new strength and conditioning coach that has, you know, accusations of PED. So oh, wow. he, he better... He better be careful because, you know, even if he is on that and I beat him, that's going to look worse. Better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Romero. Don't come it's at where, me, man, about where... conditioning. I've been training with Canelo uh, and Eddie, and we train for 12 rounds, and we go hard, so I have no conditioning problem. All right, you did make the switch with the Reynosos. Eddie, Chepo, singing and cooking in the background. Some smart minds there that helped Canelo from day one get to where they are. What has their influence done for you inside the ring? You know, their influence and their guide, uh, like how they guide me is had a strong impact on me on my skill level and my 
my overall confidence in the ring. You know, just having a champion there, you know, watching me and making sure I'm doing things right and, you know, telling me what are the right things to do. Because who, what better person to take advice from some, from somebody that's already done it. So um, it's been good for me. You know, I'm learning a lot. This friendship with Canelo seems to be, you know, is it, I mean, could they call it a mentorship? I mean, he's retweeting you making some stands on social media there. Yeah. So it, it seems like Big Red's a, a, a whispering advice in your ear. What's the, what's this friendship like for you? It's a mentoring, um, type of friendship and like a little bro, big bro type, like, but a true one though. He really, really pays attention to what I'm doing and he always like asks Eddie, like, hey, can Ryan come to the gym, train with me? Like, he likes me there. I think, I don't know if it gives him some type of motivation because, like, I'm a new new kid coming up. Maybe he, he sees a little bit of young, like, yeah, young yeah, Saul. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what he said. Like, I see that type of drive and fire in him. And maybe I'm a little bit more outspoken. <laughs> Canelo's kind of All right, like, when Canelo yeah. comes back from the tattoo parlor and he's got another thing inside his left forearm, do you advise him maybe that's enough? Or where, where, where are we at with that? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's his day. He likes tattoos. My little brother likes tattoos. Um you know, I'm cool with it, but uh, I don't, I just don't wear tat. I don't do tattoos. Not my thing. But all right, all maybe right. one day. I don't know. We've seen you on Instagram singing, dancing, taking the shirt off, getting the ladies going crazy. Mm-hmm. Oscar De La Hoya, your promoter, one time won a Latin Grammy with a with an yeah, album. Are we going to see you in front of a? Hear you in front of a microphone? What's the deal with this? Uh, you never know. But uh, right now we focus on this fight. But you know, after I have a couple opportunities um, in the acting world, I'm getting flown out to Miami by Disney to do some stuff for them. So. Um, we got a lot coming up, but you know, nothing works if I don't get the job done November 2nd. That's a fair point. And, uh, when you're a star on your level and when you're so in depth on social media with such a big following, people start talking about you. There's baby mama drama flying around right on you. Is this a stressful time to be Ryan Garcia right now? New father, new deal. What's it like? Uh, no, I mean, mainly my main focus was on the fight this Saturday Regardless of what that that petty type of drama, I don't really pay attention too much to uh, about it. It's just all about the fight and, you know, staying aligned to my own morals and what I want to represent. You know, I want to represent a a person that, yes, can make a mistake as in like as in, okay, at one point in your life, you're here. But another point you learn, you evolve and you get better. And that's any human, you know, any human can get better. You know, because you can make a change in yourself, and that's what I'm all about. You know, um, you've said to us on this show in the past when talking about the power of of the DMs. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. It goes down in the DMs. It does go down in the DMs. Does it still go down in the DMs? <laughs> it always does, man. Um, but you know, you gotta, you can't, you can't respond to everyone. Okay, my okay. guy. Okay. There's a lot of requests out there. You can't respond. All right. In close here, we're all excited about your fight against Romero Duno. We're all excited about Canelo Kovlev. We know you would pick Canelo. You're in camp with him. You're sparring. Wait, hold on. Time out here. Yeah. You're sparring with Canelo. Yeah. What's that? What's that? What's that look like? What's that feel like here? It feels. Can he handle your speed, son? Can he do it? <laughs> nah, we were just working on little drills because he's a light heavyweight and I'm obviously a lightweight. So uh, we were just. He was teaching me things in the ring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was showing me moves and you know things like that. So. um yeah. All right. I know you're going to pick him to be Kovalev, but how big are Big Red's Wavos? Because this is, this is, I mean, dude, this is a thing. He's moving yeah. up to light heavyweight. Canal, uh, Canal knocks him out in eight rounds. Wow. You heard it right here. Uh, does Duno last eight against you? No, he does not. All right. We Ryan. both get it done within that time period. The future of the sport, Ryan Garcia. 
Best of luck to you on Saturday night, Thank man. You. Co-main event, you earned it. You got here. Go get him. My God. Thank you. State of Combat Podcast Row continuing. Canelo Kovalev Fight Week. I want to talk to this guy right here. <laughs> Romero Duno, yeah. lightweight, unbeaten, big-time co-main event bout on Saturday against Ryan Garcia. Now, you've wanted this fight for a while. Yes. You made some T-shirts <laughs> saying as much. What did the T-shirt say in your um, last fight? Ryan, stop running. Yeah, but I wear that shirt so that uh, King Ryan will, uh, will accept this uh, this much. Yeah, that's what he did. <laughs> he did. What is look? We know Ryan Garcia, twenty-one years old, unbeaten, a, a rising star. Yeah. You want to get in that way. You want to spoil plans. What does this fight mean to you in your career path? I don't want to be a star. I just want to be a world champion. But, and he's in my way. That's why I need to uh, to have a match with him. I need to uh, to uh, defeat him. Yeah. All right. When you look at your run to get here, yeah. you're twenty-four years old. Yes. Unbeaten record. How ready are you for this type of challenge to step up to this level? Um, I'm so uh, uh, ready for this coming fight because uh, um, I prepare for uh, how many years for uh, to get this uh, kind of fight, like uh, a big event like this one. And uh, my team already uh, give me uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, training exercises for. For my stamina and speed, footwork and uh, endurance, that's why uh, I'm confident that I'm so ready for this coming fight. When you get that confidence, when you take that confidence to the level of making a t-shirt and announcing yourself (laughs) and saying, I want Ryan Garcia, bring it. What do you see in Garcia that maybe gives you that confidence? Outside of the skills you bring into the table, is he weak in a certain area? Is he vulnerable in a certain area? What do you think when you look at Ryan Garcia? Um... Ryan is uh, he's a good guy, but um, we saw him in uh, social media like a khaki guy because uh, he's always do that. But uh, he's a good guy, and uh, King Ryan um, he's a good boxer too. And uh, I know that uh, he's going to prepare this climbing fight because I know that uh, he need to uh, win this fight too. That's why this this. This match is gonna be a, a good match for both of us. Do you think he's ever fought a challenge as good as you? No, he's better than me, but uh, I don't know about the endurance and the heart of Ryan. All right. This guy's yeah. from the Philippines, Pinoy Power. <laughs> yeah. Do you have plans to take Ryan Garcia into deep waters to really make him work and run that gas tank down? Yeah, a lot. My team already prepared for uh, for this fight. Uh, we already had a plan for, this, for him to uh, to defeat him. Well, when you're fighting somebody like Ryan Garcia, he's got so many followers. Millions of people love him. All the girls are lining up to meet him. Are you... Are you hoping to steal some of those fans? Get them on the Romero Duno train? No, um, I just want to uh, to have a match with Ryan. I don't care about his uh, social media life, and I don't care about his personal life. Okay, okay, you care about what, what? I want is uh, victory. What would what, what would this victory mean for you? A lot. It changed a lot for uh, for me and for my family. Yeah. More opportunities, bigger yeah. fights. Bigger fights for uh, the, the world title fight. Maybe next time. <laughs> All right. And from a fighter who, 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 you know, your goal is to is to get your name recognized. Mm-hmm. I know you say it's something you don't care about, but Canelo and Kovalev on the marquee do know right below that. <laughs> what does that feel like? It feels so good. And 
I feel that uh, I'm so blessed that uh, Golden Boy uh, gave me this chance to to uh, to fight King Ryan in this card, in this big event. Has it gotten personal at all with you and Ryan leading up to it? No, you say you don't care about the personality, the social mm. media followers. You just want to fight this guy. Yeah. Did you make each other mad at all? Did it get did it get heated at all? No, he hasn't said anything that's made you upset. No, no, nothing. All right, no, all right. Yeah. We'll leave. We'll leave yeah. it in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This main event on Saturday is Canelo Alvarez. Crusher Kovalev. We can't wait to see what happens. What do you like in that fight? Who's going to win this light heavyweight title main event? Um, I see uh, Canelo going to win this upcoming fight. Is he going to knock him out? Decision? What kind of fight? Maybe decision. Because okay. uh, Kovalev is bigger than him, but uh, I hope he knock him out. Okay. Well, then when we're talking about Garcia Duno, mm-hmm. how does that fight end? Okay. I don't know. It's up to him. <laughs> All right, you're, you're going to get in this kitchen. You're going to be there all night long, 12-round lightweight, co-main event. Can't wait to see what happens. Romero, do no pleasure to meet you, sir. Pleasure Best of luck you, on Saturday. <laughs> Thank you. Pinoy pride in the house. <laughs> Go get him. Golden Boy President Eric Gomez, Canelo Kovalev Fight Week. Great to get a chance to talk to you here on Radio Row. Uh, Thank this you. fight is so damn creative. And I think <laughs> even though we know how great Canelo is, even yes. though we know that Kovalev is in the twilight of his career, I still got a stick, and Canelo's still doing things that very few fighters want to do. When you first heard the rumblings that this could be a thing, did you have the same reaction as everyone else? No, you know, I mean, when he first approached me personally and said that he wanted to fight Kovalev, I thought he was kidding. I thought he was kidding. and, and, and But then he, I saw that he was serious, and then he started explaining to me how he felt that he can win the fight. And he started pointing out some of the flaws of Kovalev. And then it made me a believer. I said, you know what? Okay, yeah, I think you can compete, but you're right though. He's got a big stick he carries. Ooh, he's got a and, big and, and you know, and you can't you can't really uh avoid that. You know, I mean the guy can knock you out at any point. He could be losing the entire fight and then he hits a home run. So it's a dangerous fight. I'm a little worried for him. Um you know, he, he I you know, he knows how to handle himself, he knows how to fight, but he's fighting a big man. What what's the motivation here for Canelo? Because when he's doing fights like Austin Trout, Arislandi Lara, in which you guys were saying, look, I don't know if this is the right fight right now. But at that time, he's trying to prove critically mm-hmm. that he's not just a star. He can box against these guys. Exactly. He proved that. Yeah. This is a different test because it's two divisions above. It's a optional move that you don't need to do. What's his motivation? In history. History. He wants to make his mark. You know, he wants to be like the greats. You know, you go back to Roberto Duran moving up all those weight classes, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns. Oscar did it in his career. You know, Bernard Hopkins did it, you know, when he moved up two weight divisions to fight uh, at light heavyweight. So he wants to make his mark. He really, he doesn't want to sit on his morals or his accomplishments. He wants to keep pushing the envelope and he wants to keep making history. It's impressive because, uh, you know, no disrespect to those fighters I mentioned, there's a different outcome that can happen in a fight this big. And, you know, if you told me right now Canelo's going to slice through him, I believe Canelo's that good. If you told me this is going to be tit for tat and be a, be a fun no, little it's, war. No, it's, 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 look, it's, it's a dangerous fight. People talk about how big Kovalev is. I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about the reach. And you said it yourself, his jab. And the first couple of rounds are going to be telling because it's, it's easy for people to say, well, Canelo's going to rip him to the body. But first, you got to get in there. How are you going to get in there? So those first couple of rounds, we're going to be able to see, is he going to block the jab? Is he going to be able to slip it? Kovalev just, he, he doesn't throw you just one jab. You know, he'll throw, Multiple jabs, two, triple jab. Um, remember, when he fought Andre Ward, he dropped him with a jab. 
So, you know, he can punch with either hand. It's a dangerous fight. All right, when Canelo is asked in the Tuesday Grand Arrivals, you know, this is a big dream. You got any other big dreams that seem crazy to you? He brought up cruiserweight. And right away, you're like, what are we? What is it? What? What? But would you have ever thought Roy Jones was going up to heavyweight to pick a heavyweight title? No, no you wouldn't no, have. No. Uh, yeah. Was there a certain point in his physical evolution? Because Canelo lingered at that 155 catchweight. We used to call it Canelo weight for a while. We used to say maybe he'll be a small middleweight when he finally does move up. This was, what, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Now is he just growing into this weight so quickly and retaining the speed that there really is no limit in terms of how high? Well, he can you go? see, you see, the thing is, what people get confused with, or what they don't real, realize, is he's a big boy. He's a big, strong boy. He's just not tall. He's built like a tank. He's very similar to Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson fought all those tall heavyweights, but Mike Tyson had a very strong base. Canelo's the same way. You look at his legs. You look at his arms. His back. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. People tend to, you know, they look at the size difference, the height. But what they should really be looking at is the size of the back. And he's big. He's a big, strong kid. It's going to be fun to see that. Now, uh, you know, obviously, I got to ask you, there's headlines like crazy. Boxing very often becomes this rumor mill. If you go on Twitter, (laughs) Golden Boy versus Canelo, there's unrest. What, what? What what do you want to say about that in terms of what's the reality I mean, of that? We saw we, the, the report on the athletic, a lot a lot of quotes in there, but what's yeah, the reality of we, that? Look, we have a ten year plus relationship with Canelo and it's no different than than a marriage, you know, with a, with your wife or or a brother, a relationship with a brother, a family member, a cousin or whatever. It's constantly changing, evolving. Um and there's always gonna be disagreements, there's gonna be a difference of opinions. Uh, but the most important thing is that we're pros. He's a pro, we're a pro, and we're going to get the job done. And I'm very excited that we got this fight done. There's a lot of obstacles to getting this fight done. It was very tough. It wasn't easy getting this fight done. Um, he's happy we got it for him. And I'm happy that we delivered. And we have this big event, and there's a lot of excitement. We're in Vegas, you know, the fight capital, arguably the fight capital of the world. And, and I'm just, I'm happy for that. I'm happy for that. And, and we're ready to move forward. And it's going to be a great fight on Saturday night. And if he can pull it off, it's going to be one of the all time best uh, performances. Can, can, if things stay the way they are, where Canelo's saying, look, it's just a business relationship now, no loyalty, whatever. Can it operate like that moving forward? Or, or is it something that you think will, we're going to, we'll, we're, we'll get repaired as we're going to, we're, we're going to keep doing our job. We're going to keep doing our job. We have no ill will whatsoever. You know, he's our fighter, and we have an obligation to him, and we're going to do our job. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you look at Ryan Garcia in this co-main event opportunity on Saturday night against Romero Duno, a guy who just sat here, told us he had shirts made up that he was calling this guy out. But you guys re-signed Ryan Garcia to a what, what the press release said was almost a record-breaking deal for a prospect. How important was that for you guys as a company moving forward to make sure he's happy, you're happy, and he's ready to be one of the well, faces of gold? You know, I, I, think, I think with him – no different than the Canelo situation. There's always disagreements or difference of opinions. Uh, but when you sit down and you discuss things and go over things, I think that we made him happy. He made us happy. And uh, now we're getting him the fight that he wanted as well in Duno because he got criticized for, I guess, you know, not wanting to fight Duno. Um, and I, f- I feel that if he has a big performance, a coming out party on Saturday – this kid could potentially be a huge star in the future. He's going to have to prove something in the same way that Canelo and Oscar had to prove when you're when you're a good-looking guy, when you're a yeah. matinee idol. 
it's it's assumed that you're a pretty boy. Yep. Those guys went through it. They proved it. Could this be the fight on Saturday against Duno where Rye guy's got to bite down a little bit more than we've he's seen? Gonna, it, you know what? I mean, he's going to have to go through some through some hell because, you know, Duno's a dangerous individual. I mean, he's a big puncher. Uh, he's very, very good, uh, sound, uh, technically. And, you know, it's not just going to be about speed. He's going to have to really settle in and, you know, use some of that grit to be able to get past him. Uh, we, all the fans, the DAZN employees, you guys probably in your Golden Boy offices thought this fall would have been Canelo Triple G3. I'm here to tell you, kind of a little bit more interested in this Kovalev fight. It's just the way things <laughs> seem to pan out. Yeah. But, is that a fight you still want to make, still feel, have to make contractually, still feel like? No, contractually it, it, we don't. That, that There's a big misconception. We don't. But obviously we want to give the fans what they want. And if the fans want that fight, then we're going to try. But ultimately Canelo's going to have to decide. It's, it's up to him. He's the one that's getting up in the ring. He's the one that's fighting. So he's gonna, it's going to be up to him. So we're going to have to sit down with him. And if he wants to make the fight, then we're going to make it. All right, final question. Canelo Kovlev Saturday night. I know you're going to pick Canelo, but what can we expect? What are you expecting inside that ring in this main event? Uh, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. I think that, you know, the size difference is going to be a little bit uh, overwhelming in the first few rounds. But then once Canelo figures him out, I think he is going to be able to get on the inside. He's just that good. He's going to be able to counter him. He's going to be able to land some big punches. And if Canelo lands just the right amount of punches... I think he can get him out of there in the late rounds. That drama, you gotta, you gotta see it. You gotta be there. Eric Gomez, the president of Golden Thank Boy. You. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know I'm fired up to talk with. I don't know the most fired up boxer today. Yes. Flair, the Flair Cobbs, the unbeaten welterweight. Uh, my podcast partner at CBS Sports, who's not sitting in this chair today, Rafe Bartholomew, did an in-depth feature on theAthletic.com about your journey to get here. That was basically a, a damn action movie. And this is a loud, fantastic shirt here. You had a loud, fantastic life to get to this point. Uh, is this just, is this just part of the journey, man? Just, you know, being a boxer, being on this Canelo Kovalev card, just another step in this crazy journey? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. I was born for this moment. Um, hey. All of this is just natural. The moment you put the lights, one moment you put the cameras, the moment you say action, it's time. It's the Blair the Flare moment. And it's right now, we're having a Blair the Flare moment. I think we can are. Can you feel it? I can, I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm blinded by how fantastic. Is that a snake right there? That thing is, wow. Snakes. Leopards. Wow. Well, we love you on this show, boxing fans, because you bring a little bit of the WWE, the, the, the character, the confidence, the swagger. Little, little Ric Flair in the Flair right now? Absolutely. Here? We can do the Ric Flair. Woo! Actually, you know what? Ric Flair is out of business. He's getting old. He's out, he's out of the business now. He's retired. And there's a new Flair in the building. B Flair. Woo! Oh, nice. Thank you, Rick. Uh, have you met? Have you, have you gotten on his radar? Being that you've getting these big wins in boxing, these moments of you on the microphone are starting to go rival viral have you have you heard from the flare camp at all oh man i love that man i love that man to death he is one of the most inspiring um charismatic entertainers in the world i haven't met him but one time somebody's got a somebody had called me some crazy old man had called me and gave me like six woos it just like we didn't even have a conversation <laughs> we just started wooing woo 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 and I'm I'm like, and then I hang, and then he hangs up the phone on me. I'm like, hello? I was like, oh man. <laughs> was, I think was, that was, was him. it Rick? Was it Rick? Very possibly. Uh, if Rick Flair's your spirit animal, 
Are you trying to live that life? Are you trying to, you know, limousine driving, kiss stealing, all that, all that good stuff there? What I look like, baby. I look like a limousine <laughs> riding, kiss stealing, airplane flying. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to see you Saturday against Carlos Ortiz, 10 round welterweight bout. Given this card, given the, the Canelo, Kovalev status of this, how big is this fight for you? What's at stake here? Um, this fight is a, is a big moment. And, um, I have to show the world that I am what I say I am, the great one. And how do I become the great one? By rising to the occasion. And, um, lately, that's what I've been doing. You put me in there with an undefeated fighter with a better record than I do. And guess what I do? I rise. I rise to the occasion. And, um, and that's happened consistently back to back to back. And in this fight, you're going to see Blair the Flair with all the cameras, all the, all the lights, the, the flashing. You're going to see the crowd screaming my name all around the world through the television. And, um, you're going to see Blair the Flair rise to the occasion. Damn, that's a promo right there. Do you have a message for Carlos Ortiz? Does he know the thunder he signed up for? I don't think he does. Because if he did, he would have been just like everybody else and just not signed that waiver. <laughs> uh, it's going to be nothing but pain for Carlos Ortiz. Um, No, what's his name? Carlos Carlos Ortiz. I got Carlos Ortiz on my on Carlos my, Ortiz yeah. Cervantes. I mean, it could be anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that, that's that's the shortened version of the name right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I talk about your your crazy backstory on the run in Mexico. I mean, you, you just wild stuff. Is that what creates the formula for you to be this eccentric guy who just handles the moment well and, yeah. and has no fear? Yeah, you you talking to a man that when I was when I was just a child. I was born with a gold spoon in my hand, in my mouth. Um, I, I came from living in Beverly Hills, Hollywood, to being shell shocked and thrown into the slums of, of Mexico, of Guadalajara, Jalisco. And, um, and I had to gain some kind of purpose in my life because I was lost. I was in shandles with nothing as a child. You know, going through me- like many mental problems and, and, um, thinking about like just going through a lot of oppression and, I mean, and, and like, you know, depression and going through like, you know what, uh, you know, uh, I having suicidal thoughts. And, um, and in that particular part of my life, I had to find purpose and I found purpose in boxing. And I started to gain the approval of the people through boxing the people started to love me and boxing became like this thing and flair was born flair was born and um and it just it just never left i always continued to grow um and I mean, you had to earn your stripes the hard way in mexico yeah you know no fanfare no big name promoters there you know <laughs> grinding up what kind of advantage does that give you with that that sort of apprenticeship into the sport to get to get here that it doesn't matter where you put me the whole world can be against me, and I would turn the haters into lovers. I would turn the bad fans into good fans. I would turn you and everybody around this world into believers in the flair. He's talking to you, by the way. He is talking to you. Uh, does Golden Boy even know the potential? Do they know what they have here? Does boxing know what it has here in the flair? Is there any chance you're as good in the ring as you are right now in the Absolutely. shirt selling yourself? Absolutely. And come November 2nd, everybody, the whole world would be watching. The great one, 
Blair the Flair. Final final message here to Carlos Ortiz, to the fans. Are they ready for the show? We're going to see the Stone Cold Steve Austin vest? I mean, what are we going to see on There's Saturday? There's no telling what you can see in a Blair the Flair show. But one thing's for sure, to all the fans around the world and to Carlos Ortiz, you're going to see the most exciting fighter today in boxing. You're going to see pain. You're going to see blood. You're going to see tears. You're going to see sweat sliding off the, off the side of that man's face when I hit him so hard. And, hey, this is Blair the Flair. Uh, people on my podcast here, State of Combat, CBS Sports, they want to see you against the rooster at 154. Rooster. You know that guy? You Who's know the, the damn rooster? rooster? You know, nah. the, you know that golden boy fighter? He just, he, he fights head first and just makes the magic happen. Makes the magic happen? Yeah. Hey, uh, then he, that sounds like a pretty good dance partner. But one thing's for sure, it's kind of hard to dance with the baddest man on the planet. True. That is true. I am the best dancer uh, in the world. Canelo like Rich. Kovalev is Saturday. Do you have a prediction? Yeah, I know you're a, uh, you're a classy guy here. I can see mm. the way you're dressed. How do you think that piece of business works out there? Is Canelo biting off more than he can chew? Um, you know what? I love this moment. I love seeing people test their self. I love to see people rise to the occasion. I love to see what happens when you're faced with adversity. That's the only way you know how good you really are, you know, and, uh, uh, Kovalev might be a, the right challenge for him. And what do I believe? I believe that Canelo will rise to the occasion just like Blair the Flair and um, give the crowd a good show and um, and possibly win. Because the thing is, it doesn't matter whether Canelo wins or lose or whether Kovalev win or lose. The only thing that matters is the fans. Does the fans win? In they, boxing. Win. they win if they're watching this. That may have been the best 10 minutes of your entire day. Blair, the Flair Cobbs. I think he's next at welterweight. I think, he's, you know, we're going to find out on Saturday against Carlos Ortiz. Best of luck in the future. Nice threads here, brother. All right. Thank you. All night long. Woo. Absolutely. All right. We promised you the biggest names in boxing on the State of Combat podcast, and we lied to you because we got Chris Maddox <laughs> right now. A strong, uh, strong broadcaster on DAZN, official scorer. Of course, we love your work at Sports Illustrated. Uh, Chris, it's Canelo Kovalev. We can always great to talk to you, find out how busy you want to be in the future, all that good stuff there. But uh, you couldn't help yourself from ragging on the great Sergio Mora, the former junior middleweight world champions, uh, uh, dress his clothes. He just I first for I preface it by saying Sergio is one of my favorite people in the world, and getting to know him has been one of the best parts of working at Zone. But he looks like someone from a collection agency that goes <laughs> after the people in nursing homes. Are you, oh, like a repo man like for the elderly. No, yeah. but it's like if he's like if you're a, if there's gambling going on in nursing homes and. The guy that comes to collect is Sergio. Like he's like like grandma and rounders, only not yes, as, not yes. as husky. He yeah, is, yeah. yeah, he is kind of like the Mexican grandma. Right, good good right. rounders. Yeah, rounders wow. There. This, this, this I'm, I still live in the nineties. Um, I need rounders too soon, man. I need that to happen. You don't think it'll bastardize the franchise like a Caddyshack two, like a uh, only if it's done poorly, right? Like, like Gotti Ward two. You don't think it'll bring the Gotti down... Ward bastardize the franchise? Like did it really? No, like, I like no. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, you've made the uh, you've made a, a nice adjustment here to the you know you've done the ringside interview work on TV a lot, but now you're calling the damn fights. That brings out the 
the the sweat hogs on Twitter. Um, I'm here to tell you and them you're doing a great job. But uh, is it easy for you? Are you still checking them mentions? Seeing like I hope I didn't mispronounce that guy's name. The, the pronunciation stuff for sure. Like you want to be a hundred percent on on all that. But this, I mean. Having dealt with Knicks fans for so long, yes. like my mentions are fine. Like all it's right, just, right. I wrote something this week about how it's possible Mark Jackson could replace David Fisdale, and it's like everything just yeah, there. There you go. There you so go. whatever they say about everyone disagrees with your scorecard, of course they do. Like it does, you know, the Golovkin stands that come out that get angry at it for Derbenchenko, vice versa. It doesn't matter. Yep. As long it's it's more about. And I always say this to my boss, like if. You tell me if you thought I'm doing something wrong. Exactly. You know, you know? Just tell me. Hey, everyone, I scored Trout past Canelo, 114-12. Come find me, yeah. all right? Show me that that didn't happen, yeah. all right? And Thank most you. people that, like, although I remember, I do remember, um, I, were you there when Deon, we watched back Wilder Fury with Wilder? Is that like a New York Steakhouse? I, I remember that, but I wasn't there. It was, that was wild because we're watching it back, and we all had it close. Like, yes. I scored. And Deontay is, like, round after round pass. He's like, I had that round. That was my round. And then they put, like, Farhood's scorecard up, and, he, and Deontay looks over at Espinosa. He goes, you could fire that guy. Like, just fire that guy. Well, you know, Chris, uh, PBC face-to-face on Fox this Saturday, 11.30 p.m. Do an excellent job with will that. Be, thank you. Will be Wilder, Ortiz, and Wilder on that broadcast. I'm sure it won't make air, uh-huh. but on that broadcast when after Showtime's official scores, saying they just don't support then, him. Then, yeah, he, just, he picked up right where, right where he left off. I do love the... All the shoulder programming that Fox and PBC are doing, I think, and where they're putting it too. Is, Can we get is some awesome. DAZN shoulder programming? Maybe we're you, trying. You in a barber shop with some fighters, maybe something like well, that. Well, can we find something that that plays to like the white guy from the South Shore of Boston part mm-hmm. of it? Like, is there something there? Like, maybe at like a, a sailboat. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe pour some tea over or something. Uh, pour some sugar on Grisham. You know what it's like in Vegas with Todd Grisham. You're gonna end up. I think Grisham got sugar poured on him last night. You're I gonna think. end up broke, pregnant. Or unemployed. I was going to say all the it above. It could be all of the above, Is that too, the trifecta? As well. That is a trifecta. <laughs> um, I want to talk soap operas with you, because a big theme for Canelo Kovalev this weekend is the tumult in the Canelo-Golden Boy relationship. The top cooperator, Mike Coppinger of The Athletic, uh, breaking the internet with the uh, them hoes ain't loyal line from Canelo, more or less. Is there something there? I know, you know, the the players will tell you we're focused on the fight, right? Is there something there? I don't think there's something there in terms of it will affect Canelo's focus. Um, this obviously, as Mike articulated well in the story, is not something that's new. It's been going on for a couple of years now where their relationship has started to dissolve. And Canelo always struck me as a guy that simply doesn't care about anything else but his, you know, training for boxing, getting into the ring, and then living his life. He hey, doesn't. No box, no life, Mannix, all right? It's, it, but he doesn't like. He doesn't aspire for marketing deals. And, you know, Golovkin always did. Like, Golovkin, how giddy was Tom Loeffler when they got oh the God, Jordan, Jordan brand? Yeah. Like, that was... Hublot in the house. There. I don't... Yeah. I think, you know, and to Canelo's credit, like, he has the best deal in boxing. He can fight whoever he wants, whenever he wants. Watch out, Sergio Moore is lingering. Sergio takes out his Invisalign in front oh, of me all the time. My you grandfather put that used to take me. his dentures out Seriously, just like that. Yeah. Who dresses you? He actually, my grandfather used to dress like that. That's great. Yeah, it does. Um... But Canelo, he's he makes X amount of money for his fights. He can effectively dictate I mean, not everything that goes into it, but a lot of it, and he's fine with that. So, like, the Oscar stuff, I just think he shrugs it off. Like, I think it's awkward when he's sitting next to the guy, like on a dais, and they're not talking to each other. Like, you know, to, you know, an ex-girlfriend and boyfriend, they're just sitting there kind of forced into the same room at the wedding table. Yeah, pretty much. But it's I, – I just don't think it has any impact on how he trains. Okay. I mean, Mike Coppinger made the parallel of this is almost like – 
are imitating life. This is like Oscar. This is like young Canelo acting like a prime young Oscar. It's, it, it'll be interesting. Eric Gomez on this show says, look, no problem. We're going to repair it. You know, I mean, what, who's more likely to be coming to dinner at the Oscar house? Richard Schaefer or Canelo? Ooh, you tell man. me. Okay. All right. All right. Let me, let me, let me say for something. Say for something. Yeah, exactly. Rich. I, at this point, Schaefer probably okay. like, cause and you've talked to Schaefer. I think Schaefer wants to resolve that a little bit because he wants kind of back in the game not necessarily with golden boy yeah, but is trying yeah. to to reestablish himself i don't think canelo canelo like his you know like you it was like i am oscar like what oscar was in the early yes. 2000s i am that now um uh, and i don't need to, to well it certainly is from a daring to be great standpoint and that's yes. the theme of this fight and you've heard uh canelo's comments on tuesday you know even going saying maybe cruiserweight one day and that's that's crazy manix because it wasn't that long ago that he lived at 155. It was Canelo weight. It was, is he ever going to be big enough to even fight Gennady? And then to see, like, he had two years where he was a diva. Let's not forget that, right? We're never going to forget the, the beef. We're never going to forget those two years. We're never going to forget some of those weird tattoos Canelo's got on the inside of his left forearm. But outside of that, man, he goes out of, he, he says, F you promoters. I'm fighting this guy. Um, and always has too. But I it's mean, a like, difference between doing that against a defensive specialist at your weight class when you like know Lara, when yeah. you know you're probably going to get the, the score anyway, right. and showing the type of cojones he will on Saturday night at the MGM Grand. Right. Yeah, it, it is different. Um, Canelo, I think, is keenly aware of what he's doing though, and the fighter he's facing, and the weaknesses in that fighter that he's facing. And it, it's not to say like he can be cherry picking and be in for the fight of his life they're not mutually exclusive like you can be that's true doing those two things uh so i think it's a tactical decision just like rocky fielding was a tactical decision going up fighting at 168 going up but if he had fought better bf i'd be like you're out of your bleeping mind yes. man like although he said you... it's he said he would no chance canelo said he would Don't you remember, yeah. I, I had this conversation with ray leonard and i love that name drop ray there, you know? i know he's like i would say like any like Getting to know Ray has been the best thing about yes. working at Dazone. Like he is just, just a classy dude. And just like has great recall of all his fights yes. and like what happened like in the build up and the post fight. But he said when he fought Donnie Lalonde, like he gets in the ring with him and he knows he's more talented. He knows he's the better fighter. But he said Lalonde hit him with a jab right away and he goes, Oh man, this is gonna be a long night. That's what I'm talking about in in handicapping this fight. Yeah. And and, and I want to ask you this question. Is it more likely that the Canelo moving up two weight divisions and getting a taste of that 175 power from a guy who ain't a feather fist, mm -hmm. is that more likely to dictate what the first half of the fight looks like? Or the opposite, where Kovalev is just like, holy crap, this guy's way faster than I thought, and you're almost got a poor man's Pacquiao de la Hoya Yeah, that, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know which is, is more likely. I think you make the point about the speed. Like, Canelo, Canelo is, he is not only fast to the body, he is committed to the body. And that's rare, at least in and around his weight class, and probably rare in boxing overall. People always say, like, Golovkin's this great body puncher, and he is. I mean, I, I, I was ringside when he put Matthew Macklin down with a oh, body yeah. shot. I shotgun. can still hear. Shotgun bang. What's oh, up with that I can bang? still hear that. that yes. Oh, God. Um, but you look at the punch stats, and he's not consistently going there. Canelo will never stop going to the body. And that, to me, is like the what's going to decide this fight. Like, can... Like, Buddy McGirt, I sat down with him uh, earlier in the week, and he's like, every time Canelo goes to the body, I've told Sergey, just flip that jab out there. Just keep, make him reset. Flip yes. the jab out there. Can Sergey have that same discipline? Can he be as disciplined at putting the jab out there as Canelo is as going to the body? Because if you talk to the main events people, I had this conversation with, with Jolene Mazzone over there. Like, the difference with Kovalev now versus the guy that, like, first fought Andre Ward is that earlier he was a relentless cut-off-the-ring guy. Like, he would just hunt you oh, down. Yeah. Now... 
maybe it's because he's felt a lot of these shots and they're starting to build up and he's a little more defensive. Doesn't do that quite as much anymore. So to win this fight for one night, he's going to have to go back to being the old Sergey Kovalev. My fear is that he will be the guy who was great. Remember the second Eli Alvarez fight in February where he said to himself, I'm going to go back to, to, to jabbing, to boxing. I'm going to stay out of trouble and I'm going to win it. And it was a, a, a performance at a time when we're like, is he Cheney? Is he done? Does he have the heart anymore? Mm-hmm. And he wins that. He wins back the title. If he comes in there with that mentality against Canelo, though, and says, I'm going to outbox this guy. To me, it's no different than Canelo walking into that Floyd fight going, I'm a good young boxer. How about I try to outbox the best boxer of this Maybe generation? Maybe the worst strategy in a, in a major fight I've ever seen. I hope Kovalev doesn't have that strategy because you got to be the bigger man yeah. in this fight. you, you got to be assertive. you got to to, to, to uh, steal from Max Kellerman, discipline him with your damn jab. This is why we come to the Vegas to see this fight. This but is why I, we... I'm with you. Like I don't know that it, it, it manifests itself in him walking Canelo down every time, but every time Canelo comes in, it can't just be the jab. It's got to be one-two. Like you've got to ricochet that right hand off his head and make it make him know he is in there with a big, big puncher and get him a little bit cautious about coming inside. Because at that point, Brian, like still five eight versus six feet, like he's got to get on the yes, inside at yes. some point. He's not going to be able to jab himself to a win against Kovalev. So the, the physicality is a big part of it. All right, when we had you on this podcast in May ahead of Canelo Jacobs, people are still talking about it. We introduced you to this phenomenon. We can't control it. We don't set the trends. But Load Watch became a thing in all of our lives. You've yet to to contribute. You've yet to join Sergio Mora in letting your voice be heard. Uh, you can vary the language, the, the language if you want. Maybe he, uh, he blew his wad early. There's a couple ways you can go with that. On Saturday night... I am, I am here for all the Sergio clips. I am here for all of them. On Saturday night, if Sergey Kovalev is running out of gas and it's late and he thought he had a chance to hurt Canelo and he emptied the tank... And it's that moment where in your brain something triggers and you go, Kovalev's exhausted. He's tired. I need to let the people know that he may have poured the jug out. People don't use terms like pour the jug. It's not classy. It's you got to use, you got to dance with who's dancing with you these days. I mean, let's hear Bernard Hopkins. So he shot his load and now he's getting humbled. I mean, let's hear Floyd Mayweather. Let him shoot his load and then down the stretch do what we do best. Sal Powell, what do you got? I think this fight was starting to turn when he had shot his load and you could come at him. When he shot him, he started shooting his load. There's a chance for you, Chris, to be a part. I got to tell you, there's no chance I say that, okay. use that phrase. Okay. That's just, because, okay. like, I mean, as, as someone, you know this, as a writer, like, in your head – Right before you say it, you know what you're going to say, and you think, like, I, I know what's coming after this. Like, that's not – It's there's, there's no way. There's okay. Just... I thought you would be a little bit more calculated, a little bit more ahead of the game in knowing, because you cover the NBA full-time, that load management is its own separate thing. Let's bring in Paul Pierce quickly. You know, I'm tired of getting the taste of I want the whole load. He, he wants the whole. He wants the whole damn load. Um, it it could be something that you can slip into a broadcast and then really not not deal with the trouble that could come from it because yeah. But what do you all keep, the you want to hear James Harden? When you hear the phrase yeah. load management, what do you think? What do you, what are your thoughts on that phrase? What is that? Load management. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You know, this is your chance to to really just say, look, it's hot. It's hip in the NBA right now. The kids are doing it. What? But if if 
if Sergio is saying it like twice a broadcast, what did he mean to do yeah, it for? That's like, right. it, you, and you don't—that's a lot of load dropping. You don't right want there. wow, wow <laughs> somebody right? somebody collect that sound bite, and you don't want Todd Grisham getting involved in that. That's well, then the it thing, might be you know? said in like a kind of like unsavory. I mean, tone. he's already towing the line. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you, I mean, you know, we had the emphasis. We had the Roxy emphasis. calling for security. Leave me the hell alone tonight. Yep. I mean, please, please leave her alone. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Chris, we love your work on your podcast. Um, is Keith Ida can get the, the, the gold jacket from being on? Uh... I can, Keith Ida, I love the guy. He lives in Jersey and drives in whenever I ask him to do the podcast. Phenomenal. But we'll have Sergio on this week. We'll have yes. some fun with yes. him with, uh, I like to, I had dinner with, with Sergio, like, uh, I think it was when we we're in LA for some show. And the, we were sitting there. It was a steakhouse. And we kind of got a little bit bored after a while. So Sergio's like best friend was there. So I took out these, uh, his box rec page and like, I said, Sergio, uh, some of the extent of like, that was a, a good dinner. I mean, it was, a, uh, you know, I, I, you know, who would have enjoyed it. Uh, Billy Joe, who uh, was robbed of a decision against you back in 2011. <laughs> and his buddy was at every fight with him. Like, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I spent an hour going down his, his box rec page, pointing out all the guys that I love robbed that. him. I love he still that. wants to fight Peter Manfredo, by the way. Well, do you know who? You know who planted that seed? Was it you? Year. It was me at the uh, at the contender party post. Um, it's the last big fight in L.A. Post Spence Porter, they had yeah. this post weigh in party. All right, we get the free underwear from the contenders uh, clothing company. And Sergio Mora walks on in his what's his best buddy's name? The guy that's in his I forgot. You I, know what I'm talking. About. Love that yeah, guy. I know, yeah, I'm like one more. I know you got one more. He wants one more. And I said I got the name. I go right now. He's putting down the floor at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. All right, literally, Manfredo, the damn trilogy. And it was as if it, he hadn't thought about it. And I've been trying to make this washed contender season where you bring them all back and put them back in the house and have them all fight each other. I'd love washed old guy fights. I've been trying to do this for a while. It just makes too much sense. It does. He's not going to get hurt. He's going to, he's going to win. People will care. People still, people still freaking care about that damn show. Yes. It is a perfect, it's like what the 15 year anniversary. Yes. It is a perfect, perfect fight because he's gone back and forth. He wants that 30th win bad. And he initially we were trying to get him to fight uh, Jesse Vargas like at, a, at like a catchweight or some kind. Nah, well, and then I pitched Spike O'Sullivan on the undercard ooh, of a Katie Taylor fight, a little Mexico, okay, Ireland, okay, and all that thing. Okay. That didn't go any further, but he is all in. If that was your idea, great idea because he is all we'll in. We'll make it happen on the zone. I will. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Fire Dunkin' Donuts uh, Center. Do it down there. Chris will be calling it if it does happen. We'll catch your voice though on the Canelo Kovalev broadcast. The zone Saturday night. Thank you for joining us. Anytime, Brad. All right, by popular demand. Back with a bang. The mm. man who in May, when you stopped by this podcast ahead of Canelo Jacobs, was voted by the listeners as their favorite interview of the year for State of Combat. Okay? Shut up. I'm not even fooling around. People still talking about Brian Carpus of Dizone still talking about this. All right. So was, you got there, a lot of, was there a poll, a former poll, or is that just kind of word of mouth? Well, the, the, the interview made people feel so good. There may have been a few polls involved, yeah. in fact, in really, to be honest with you. Um, Todd Grisham, the voice of Dizone, but I feel like we could, we could go Three hours, not even mention Canelo or Kovalev because let's do of it. your detailed history. I don't know anything about it, so let's uh, talk the, about something else. The pride of Bay Manette, Alabama here. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest with you. You told me. You said, look, Bruce Buffer advised me. Go gray. All right? Just go gray and see what happens next. All right? Mm-hmm. And? I've done it. And? I've stopped coloring my hair. I've What's just the wife gone said? for it. She doesn't like it. But it's hard to please. She it's wants a younger man. She yeah, always yeah, has. I mean, come on, you know. But I'm saying, um, get, getting a lot of compliments. I yeah. Think I, I think I'm ready to, and 
engage and accept and it's also, that I have old balls. It's, right? it's, it's bleeding into your beard, too. It really you, is. My beard is weird. You want this weird. to be all Anderson Cooper at some point. Yes. The whole yes. look. So, and, uh, and girls love it. it. It's working out for you. Yeah, my daughter's even my my six year old's like, Daddy, I love your I love All your right. beer with the gray All in right. it. Okay, honey. Okay. Um Daddy probably won't be here much longer. <laughs> that's what this means. It's like a yellow light. It's like a yellow caution light. Wow. Daddy's dying. Let's bring it AC Slater on that one. He he may have shot his watch still. Those hands are heavy. Uh people still talking about the run you had calling fights with him, but now <laughs> you're uh you're doing great work with Sergio Mora, Chris Mannix on the zone, in the zone, um glory kickboxing, if you will. I feel like we just you know are you a Chris Mannix fan? Let's be. Let's be. Honest. I mean, I mean, no, but you know, but uh, does it? He's he's so di- he's so dialed in on basketball. How dialed in on boxing can he be? Exactly, exactly. Saturday you know, night during a main mega fight on you know Wilder versus Ortiz, he'll be he'll say, "Hey, uh, Taco Falls from the Celtics uh, has a hemorrhoid." Yeah, right. Breaking we don't, news. We don't, we don't we don't have time for that. We don't care about that. Um, how big are Canelo's cojones? For taking this fight, Todd. I mean, this is this is a manly move here. I would say I would say three years ago. You're Mu- in the DAZN locker room. You can tell us. Three years ago, uh, Grande Cajones. Yes. Muy Grande Cajones. Yes. Now, yes. just Grande Cajones. Muy Grande. Oh, Grande. You're, are you, you're saying he's 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 picked an aftermarket. Uh, I'm saying he's got large Cajones. Okay, okay. Not very large. I am more man. I have bigger huevos. Okay. Um, Aren't those eggs? Huevos or eggs? It's all applicable in the Spanish language, all right? When I see my campeones, when I see Eric Morales, and I just go huevos, buddy. He knows exactly what I'm talking about there. Um, I respect what Canelo's doing so much. We don't have this fight without his daring to be great. He's willing to put it on the line. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, tell me if I'm wrong here, all right? Probably are. A guy like Manny Pacquiao rises eight divisions. But by doing that, he becomes a star. Canelo's already the biggest star in the sport. Mm-hmm. Could fight. Triple G tomorrow for the third time. Could fight zone friendly Demetrius Andrade. Could fight Dervinchenko. Let me ask you this. Saunders. Logan Paul. Instead, he's saying, I'm going to go out of my way to walk into traffic. Respect. He's looking for the most attractive fight. L- let me break it down. Someone with a small brain like you. Um, let's say you have this new look, this new gray look, right? And we've got 30 hot chicks in here, right? Yes, I'm like, yes. Bro, whichever one you want. Go all that one, that one. And then after a while, I'm like, all right, you stay in this room where there's another 300 girls out there you can choose from, and you pick the most attractive one that's going to bring in the most money. That's going to is clean this story going to end with Ryan Garcia in my DMs? Where are we going with this? <laughs> I'm just saying he wants the biggest, the best, the baddest, yes, everything, yes. and that's where it is. He had to go up two divisions to get it, and it's a it's a calculated risk. I just got asked on another radio show, which name I don't remember because it's the only one I care about. Wow. <clears throat> Props to you. Yes. Uh, and I forgot what I was going to say. About Canelo's balls? <laughs> no, no, they said, did 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 Canelo cherry pick this fight? Did he cherry pick Kovalev? Yes, but I said I think it's underrated the danger he's walking into. I, I said, I said, you tell me which. What does cherry pick mean? Specifically picked him because DeZone said, who do you want to fight? And he wrote like three names on a napkin. That's cherry picking. He's now why didn't he say Bivol or fucking uh, Alexander Usyk? Why did yep, he pick those names? Yep. He picked. Kovalev, because he said, ah, I saw Andre Ward kind of work him to the body. I saw Anthony Yard kind of get him hurt to the body. Guess what I do? I'm a body puncher. He's old. I'm young. I'm going to be strong. And that's I mean, I look, him. you know, he wouldn't have picked this fight in 2012. No. Right? But it's still a big challenge. And then, you know, he's talking cruiserweight. He's talking some crazy things. But I'm at the point where I can't put it past him because he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. 
no matter who he fights, if he can go 12. Yes. That's, we accept that. It's just yes. part of the game, right? Yeah. All right. Okay, okay, we'll move on. Okay. We'll move on. Next topic. All right. <laughs> no, if you want to argue with me, my point is that Canelo, at this point, the main thing he has going for him is an incredible chin, right? Yes. We saw Triple G rock that chin, and he still stood up. If Kovalev rocks the chin, will he still stand up? And if he does, yes. yes, okay. If he goes to cruiserweight, eventually the chin will cave. Roy Jones's chin caved in a very violent way. That is correct. True. That is true. Different circumstances. In a different sport. He came back you, down you in cover weight, all though. combat sports. You got to not come back down in weight when you put on the muscle. So that'll be interesting. If he ever, if he wants to linger in, these, in this weight class, he's going to have to muscle up. Chuck Liddell. Remember his chin? Great. The then one yeah. day. The ice oh, man when it was got gone, an ice chip. When it was gone, it was gone. Um, I want to talk to you about Blair the Flair Cobbs. Uh, Don't Golden know much Boy about him, but I like Did I'll, you see him in the shirt today walking around here doing the woo and all that? I, You're a pro wrestling guy, Todd. I could give you some insider scoop. I don't know if I should. Oh, wow. Uncle Todd reached out to Ric Flair. I asked Blair the Flair if he's met Ric Flair, and he said no. But did he tell you the story about how somebody called him in the middle of the night, and he thinks it's Rick, and just said woo back and forth to him on the phone and then hung up? What number was it? I don't know. Was Ric Flair's phone number? Because if it was Ric Flair's phone number, I bet it was Ric Flair. Wow. Wow. Um, I told Blair the Flair, okay? I said, look, I got concerns. Are you better at the showmanship than you are in the ring? You're going to have to prove that to us, that you're as good of a fighter as you are a showman. He's an incredible showman. I said, I know the fight I need to see. Mm -hmm. It's got to be in the zone. I need Todd Grisham on the call with AC Slater. You against the damn rooster at 54. He goes, Nico Macias? He goes, who's the rooster? Oh. I mean, we can. Where's your, do you have the song? The question now is how many beers will Nico and his brothers and his father and maybe his sister have tonight in celebration? How, how many beers will I have watching that fight with anticipation? Could so, you imagine? But here's that? the thing I thought I got him all wrong. He looks like a little, in Alabama, we'd call them little redneckishy, right? I thought he oh, was the big, rooster. Yeah, yeah. Tehachapi is a different, different little place. WT yeah. like for where yeah. I'm from, right? But no, they get in there and, I, and he's not talking about beer. He's talking about going to church the next day. Yes, right. But if you follow him on Instagram, he like kills a lot of animals in the yeah. wilderness on his. I mean, well, not know. the ones that don't deserve it. But yeah. what I'm saying yeah. is, he is a very religious man, and I thought he'd be more of a stone cold Steve Austin type of guy. I'm just saying, uh, if Blair doesn't work out on the higher end, there's some fun lower end fights we can make. Hopefully you'll be on the call. Will you be calling the undercard this weekend? I will, but I'll also be calling next week's KSI Logan Paul fight. Ooh, I had Logan Paul on the State of Combat podcast. Who pissed off my boxing fans, but uh, he was interesting. I made this analogy earlier. If someone said tomorrow, hey, KSI and Logan Paul are going to play a tennis match. Yes. Would all the tennis people go, no, you can't play tennis. Don't put it on TV, you bastards. Yes, yes that's the downsizing of boxing. You're killing tennis. It's a love the action right now. Yeah. Right? No. They'd be like, oh, cool. They're playing tennis. Why do pe boxing people care? Yeah. Um, as if this sport isn't already a cesspool of disgrace. I mean, I used, I used to love Matt Vaskersian and Lawrence Taylor on the Tough Man competition. Yes. Yes. Matty Vaz has a, has, he, he handles the great well. They right? would just travel to these horrible cities in the middle of the, like nowhere, Des Moines, Iowa, places like that, and just throw two random dudes in there and they bang it out. Two, him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. <laughs> That's what the great Todd Grisham said. Um, what do we have to do to get you on the, I mean, I love me some Brian Kenny. I'm going to have him on the show tomorrow. Maybe I'll ask him tomorrow when he's on the show. Brian, love your work. It's Todd Grisham's time. Oh, all right. You're, you're Put the say mic that. in front of him. It's his time right now. Okay. In fact, you should be voluntarily moving out so Todd Grisham can slide why, in. Why don't you get John Skipper on here, do a State of the Zone yes. podcast, special edition, 
right, where you actually dress up nice. Where I'm the host of the show and secretly the representative of Todd Grisham's future. You know, you go back to TJ Maxx, you get a whole new look. Wow. I did used to shop at the thrift shop. What do you that mean? was before I was cashing Do we want to talk about who, who sponsored Brian Campbell yeah, well, in his early years? I was outfitted by Ty. I always wondered what happened in those suits that I, that I, those hand-me-down suits. That Television magic happened in those wow. suits. Oh, <laughs> wow. All right. Um, I'm surprised you're here. When, when, uh, when, when Tyson Fury's making a boxing pro wrestling crossover in Saudi Arabia right yes. now. I can't believe that. That's not moving you? I want to see it. What time is it on? I have no, I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. a w, what do you mean? You write weekly 1 p.m. Eastern, act, Todd. All right. Re- I'm out here in the uh, desert myself. I don't know what's going let on. Let your light right? shine, bro. Come hey, on. There's things that you can do in this city legally. It what's messes your, with your brain. What's you know your what favorite I mean? sport to cover? Let's be honest. Boxing. Better. Right now, I said, hey, you, you get hired full time. WWE, you're the WWE guy. Quit everything. You think I want VKM in my ear? Is that what you think I want? You think I can live under that stress? All right. I did it's it for eight broke, years. It's broken many a man. Okay. Yes. Joey Styles went AWOL. Remember that? Oh, damn right. I remember that. Joey Styles is, uh, he's, a lot of people have had their will broken by you, that. You okay? know who's making a special appearance at Canelo, uh, Kovalev, who's arriving tomorrow night? The coach, Jonathan Coachman. Oh, wow. He'd love to be on your show. The same night that we have The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, showing up at UFC 244 to put the BMF title around the winner. Right. Wow. All right, Joey Styles. I am sick of boogers and bathroom humor and semen. I, I really can't argue with that. You know? Maybe not the last part, but okay. the other two. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, boogers and bathrooms I've never been a fan of. Um, when when we get you on the show, we talk great moments in Todd Grisham's WWE history. You got the best stories. We've heard so many of them. The, oh, my God, the gym with Vince. We've heard so many great ones. Um, are you proud of anything you've done there? Cause I feel like you just look at that as, yo, oh, those were my wild years, whatever. They got me here. I don't care anymore. I'm doing big business now, like DAZN, uh, Logan Paul, stuff people care about. Let me, um, do you, s- speaking of Saudi Arabia, I'm just yes. going to take the show over because you're doing a horrible job interviewing me. <laughs> Let me just tell a story. Yes. Cause I mentioned coaches coming tomorrow. They're in Saudi Arabia. So they're doing tribute for the troops, right? Vince McMahon is going to go out at the beginning and do his little, we were so glad to be here. Thank you, troops, for all you do, right? Yes. So he's standing in the gorilla position about to go out, and he's looking around, and Jonathan Coachman's there, and he says, "Uh, what are you looking for, boss? He goes, I need a Red Bull. I need something to fire me up. So Coach is like, I'll be right back. So they're in the middle of Kuwait, right, at a forward operating base. So anybody got a Red Bull? Anybody? So one of the troops goes, Coach, reaches into his little – Cargo pants side, pulls out a Red Bull, tosses to Coach, who grabs it, and they're like, one minute to air, Vince. So Coach is sprinting like OJ through the airport, yes, right? Yes, Jumping over hurdles, climbs up to the gorilla. Here you go, boss. Like OJ in the Bronco. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Here you go, boss. Vince has got his scripts in his hands, and Coach goes, oh, that's okay. I'll open it for you. Kaboom. The Red Bull shoots oh. into Vince McMahon's face. He bends over, it's drip. Imagine it's dripping off his nose in a steady stream onto the script. We've got his reaction right here. You have more raw testosterone flowing through your body than an all male prison. <laughs> Sorry, wrong so, button. Wrong button. Yeah, keep going, so, keep going. So Vince starts shaking uncontrollably like Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk. He let, looks up and coach what goes, he says next. Yeah! Close. He goes, you're so 
effing stupid. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden they go, hit his music. Oh, Kaboom. my God. No chance, sucker. That's wow. So Vince starts walking down to the ring. And if you look back at this video, it's like 10 years ago. Vince is grabbing his shirt and popping it out uh, to dry it off. Luckily, they were in the desert where everyone's sweaty and As there's Red anyway. Bull pouring off of his face. Wow. Still. Later, they got Vince's thoughts. There is no racism here in the World Wrestling Federation. We don't allow it. We'll allow it. Under any circumstances. Hey, you got women. They got women in a ring in Saudi today. How did so, that happen? So they they they're making some cultural changes. Apparently, they there. are. Uh, will you be going to Saudi Arabia for AJ Ruiz two December seventh on the zone? Unfortunately, I will be in China for Glory Kickboxing. Oh, wow, wow, a man of all combat shades. This man, Todd Grisham. Yes, I all love right. men half naked fighting. That is that is the story of your life. Um, you won't give us a prediction because you work here, but. What? Wait, stop. Hold on. How about ask me my prediction before you yeah, said? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so Canelo is fighting Kovalev on Saturday. What's that fight gonna look like, Todd? I can't make a prediction because I work. Here. <laughs> Canelo wins. Here's my prediction. Canelo stops him in the ninth round. All right. All right. Hopefully, at some point, Buddy McGirt can get in Sergey Kovalev's ear and be like, "Bro, you gotta fight." We we, we gotta bang him. I mean, we're not banging him. You know, you got to fight. You're the bigger man. He's coming up to That's your territory. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Don't play with the bag. You have a little bit of fun with the bag. You play with it. No. You win combinations on the bag. No, don't play with it. Go in there and, and bring it, right? Yes. You're the bigger man. Be the bigger man. Don't leave it in the hands of other people to decide who won, because you know what happened? That woman judge who had it even, please, <laughs> please, that's why I'm on fire. Because I started thinking about her. All right. She's got me smoking mad. Please, somebody take her license away. All right, Teddy. Of course she hurt somebody. All right, Teddy. If she drove a car the way she oh, judges, come on. would you take her Teddy, license? they're allowed to vote these days. Please, let's stop this, okay? Please. Let me tell you something. Stop that crap. Yeah, what do you got? I've worked at WWE, Glory Kickboxing, UFC, Boxing, so Teddy Atlas, as unique an individual as, as, as I've ever met. As any. And I love every second of it. Unless he's yelling at me. One time I didn't go to his daughter. I didn't RSVP that I could make his daughter's wedding. And you'd have thought I put a horse head in his Yes, she told us that story last time on the show. It was fantastic. <laughs> Luckily, you guys have made up. I love you. I make you a bad. Todd Grisham, I could go hours with you, but they're giving me the hook sign, okay? Like Blues Traveler. But the hook brings you like back. Like Apollo Hopefully Theater. Hopefully you'll be back, okay? Wow. 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 Like a Dungeon Dragon. Hey, but dragon, I, do right? I do appreciate being voted the uh, number one interview of 2019 on your yes. show. That means a lot to me, and I can't wait to be back on again, provided this show is still. It's provided the show has not been shut down. One day we will work together, all right? We already have. Oh, that's true. Making the rounds on ESPN. We Let, had a good run, all right? Let's call that the women's organization WOW, Women of Wrestling. Yes. Small place in California. I bet they'd let us call the fights. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make the whole, let's get on the horn and make it happen. Todd Grisham, good luck to you on Saturday night. Thank you very much, When, Brian when I'm done with Brian Kenny tomorrow, you will have the job. Thank you. Podcast row at Canelo Kovalev continues with the former junior middleweight champion of the world, Sergio Mora. Love the work you do calling the action with the zone. Uh, you're going to defend yourself, though, against Chris Mannix's comments that you're dressed like an right elderly so repo man. I know it was Todd Grisham right behind me. Okay. Um, are you going to get let, let your colleague Chris Mannix get off that easy? That I'm what? What do you say? More of like a nursing home repo man. Such Basically, a... He, he a mob collector of debt owned. Yeah, yeah. No, he just, he's, he's so 
negative. He's, he's just a dick. Yeah, man. it's that Boston influence. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's just a dick. I, I Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, Chris Maddox. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, every time he says something uh, about me, I... What can I do? Yeah, let it go. Let it go. We had the great Todd Grisham on this show as well. I'm really campaigning for him to be the face of the zone moving forward. I think you guys do fantastic work together. I want to talk about this fight. You're you're a fighter. You still are a fighter. Once a fighter, always a fighter. Once man. a fighter, always a fighter. But, Canelo but... doesn't have to do this, Sergio. And there's times when you do take a chance because the opponent is a little compromised. And right now, Kovalev at 36, it's not the same guy from 2012. But this guy's dangerous. As heck with that jab. So, what's the motivation here for Canelo? Uh, Still proving himself to people? Uh, because he could have fought anybody for the money. I think uh, history. You know, he wants to become the fourth uh, Mexican to win titles in four divisions. Kovalev, this is his 17th consecutive world title fight. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's he's already proved that he can, he can compete and beat. Great fighters. I mean, he beat Hopkins. He, many people feel he won that first one with Ward. Uh, and then they threw two undefeated up-and-comers in Alvarez and Yarde, and, and he was able to beat them as well afterwards. Uh, the new trainer, I think, is a good step in the right direction yes, uh, for him uh, at this point of his career because he can't be crushing fighters anymore. And that's the reason I think he's going to give uh, uh, Canelo so much problems because he's not going to try to crush him. I think he's going to try to get rounds in the bank the first half of the fight. If he can get three, that'll be great. If he can get four, that'll be above. He could far. get six in our eyes, and he may end up with zero to those judges. It happened. Hey, all right? that's let's true. Bring in, uh, let's that's bring, true. bring in Danny Jacobs. The adolescent bird. Adolescent bird happened. All right, it happens. But uh, I get what you're saying. At some point, though, will Kovalev hit a crossroads where he's got to be the bigger man? He's got to fight and empty what's in, what's left inside of him if he's going to have a chance to win this. Or are you looking at it as X's and O's? He might be able to find an angle to go the distance. X's and O's. He's not going to crush him. I don't. I don't think he goes after the knockout. Even if he, even if, if he gets aggressive, it's going to be the first three rounds just to get respect and to let Canelo know how imposing his power is. But from there, you're going to see him box. You're going to see Buddy McGirt say, "Keep the fight in the middle of the ring. Stay off the ropes. Don't uh, go to the body more." Because he's he's been used to getting uh, uh, throwing that that power jab a little bit too much. If our training for Kovalev, it's actually a two-one where he touches you with with the right hand first. And then he powers with the one. So it's kind of like a one-two from the southpaw angle. Uh, but he's been doing it too much. You can get time doing that punch. Uh, so, yeah, Canelo's too smart for that if he can continue doing that over and over. Look for him to touch him just with jabs, backing up, staying in the middle of the ring, and not going for, not getting too aggressive, man. This is going to be a boxing ex- exhibition late in the fight. We're going to see how, how, how Kobolev handles uh, the, the getting hurt because he will get hurt. How is he going to handle it? He handled it pretty good in his in his rematch with Alvarez because you know Alvarez caught him with some good shots. He boxed great in that Elider Alvarez rematch. It's going to be interesting what version of him we see. Uh, the mental game, big part, big part of the sport. How much of a distraction is what, from the outside looking in is what Canelo is going through, where people are writing stories on the Athletic about you know no loyalty between him and Golden Boy and him and Oscar feuding and all this stuff. Does that seep into the ring? Could no. it? Is no, this, what no. do you see in the, in the mental game of, of Canelo that you've learned from covering him? No, man. I, you know, I, I've been doing Univision and all the Spanish uh, networks as well. And they asked me, so what is it about Canelo that makes him so special? The speed, the power. I said, I know it's going to sound cheesy and Tecate's going to love me, but <laughs> character. Character. Yes. Character is what makes him great, man. He's already been to this stage and he stays at relevant and on top at this stage because of character, man. It's, it's not anything else. He knows how to handle the, the negativity. He knows how to handle 
all of that. It's 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 nah, man. No 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 sweat off his back. It, it's it's just uh it's a shame what's going on because you know Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya they groomed them to this point, but but when it comes to loyalty, man, fighters are dead loyal, and Canelo's had the same people in his corner. And if uh, if he's saying something about loyalty, something that uh, we don't know behind the scenes. Interesting stuff there. We as as journalists, we get a little too caught up in the sauciness of this sport. Heck, we're all in on last week. Shakur Stevenson got girlfriend as the that sister was, that of was the juicy. brother. He's fight. I mean, I, I, you know, I've never heard that before. That I never was heard juicy. that either. I know. I mean, you, you took, like took soap opera. Took the shit. brother's O. Took the sister's O. <laughs> All right. That's um, something Todd Grisham would have well, said. Well, <laughs> uh, we, we learned in life that the, that those hoes ain't loyal. Um, those hoes? This man changed your career? Al Heyman, a goat. <laughs> he changed. What's what's Al really like? No, man, listen. He, uh, I said this plenty of times. Every fighter stays loyal to Al Heyman because Al Heyman stays loyal to the fighter. So many times in this sport, when you lose, especially if you get stopped or, yes. or you lose a bad fight, Promoters will chew you out and spit you out. Managers will not give you a time of day. Not Al Heyman, man. Al Heyman will pick you up, dust you off, get you back to a money fight. And that's why fighters stay loyal to him, man. Because is he a Robin Hood of this sport? Is that going to ultimately be the legacy? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it's gonna, his legacy is. I know his legacy is he's a, he's a businessman, a Harvard graduate, uh, 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 a man behind the scenes, Wizard of Oz, an enigma. Have you have you have you hung out with him? Not no one hangs out with Al Heyman. That's the thing. That's why it's like. But it's, you shake his hand and okay. you thank him in person, and uh, he compliments you every time he sees you, and if he if he knows you or follows you, yes. First thing out of his mouth is a compliment. He's such a he's such a classy gentleman. All right. And and, all right. and unlike and, and unlike like what people think, he's he's a tall, thin, very unassuming man. He walks very fast around the casino. He gets yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. to where he needs to be. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's, he's omnipresent. Um. You fought on the pay-per-view level before against Shane Mosley, all right? Yeah. Hey, Jim Lampley, back off. <laughs> Where you at, Jim? Um, that performance has aged a lot better than people uh, liked it in the moment when you fought to a draw against Mosley by being unhittable, by by being slippery. I made a career doing that. Uh, it, it, I just you didn't have, get no love for it. You didn't get love for that fight. Do you have love for that fight, though? Do you no, know what you accomplished? That, no, that's that's. I got so much... Uh, uh, negative feedback for so long that fight was the worst fight of my career as far as uh how it made me feel how bitter i got after that 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 and it was a draw versus a so legend that's, weird. that's what tim bradley said about it was a draw versus a legend. with the bad decision there you go that it became like Perfect. hell even though it was supposed to be the biggest i know exactly what he's going through and it was you just hate everybody in the sport and and you just have a bitter bad taste and you try not to let it consume you and then you realize you know what? Fuck these people, man. I, yeah, they don't, they yeah. Don't, they don't know what the what I've been going through. They don't know what my personal uh, problems. They don't know. They don't know nothing of what ha- I had to accomplish. I, I had to like, you know, come out of nothing to become something, and I did it fighting this style. All of a sudden, one night on the biggest stage against a great fighter who's never been knocked out, who's fought Mayweather and Pacquiao before. Uh, I mean, uh, he fought what? Uh, Canelo. Mayweather, me, and Pacquiao. Yes. Four of the greatest fighters Oscar of our generation. Twice. No, but, well, back yeah. back. but back to back I to ruined, back. I ruined it, yes. Um, I want to create a scenario for you. You're a great broadcaster. I mean that. I wouldn't I wouldn't put this the I wouldn't pepper your Thank bagel you, if it would yeah. Um let's say it's late in the fight. Kovalev thinks he has an opening. 
goes for the finish, can't get the finish. He's poured the jug out. There's nothing left inside of him. Something in your brain says, you know, he's out of gas. It's over. You need to deliver that to the people. You know the climate we're in in 2019. Hashtag load watch has become a, it's taken over the sport. Hashtag blue is load. You're not just a a client. You're also a member. My shot is loaded a little bit. And you have very. I stopped saying that now. You have variations. Maybe he, uh, he blew his wad early. Will we get, will you, will you add to the load, (laughs) the load watch lexicon if needed on Saturday? Oh, no, no, I don't do that anymore. I stay away from those. And I've said a lot. I've said, uh, I've said several of them. And Todd Grisham tells me afterwards, he goes, hey, man. A little too sexual there, man. You're using, you're using like analogies for, for boxing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Hey, no, by no. the way, Todd Grisham should talk about his own announcing. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you. No, he's, no, he, I've, no. I've hit him under the table several times as well. Right in the balls. One time I said, hey, man, I'm going to give you a low blow under the table. And he looks, he goes, Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? I just can't get away from it. Uh, do you think we'll ever see? Triple G Canelo three and should we because Triple G looked yes, a little bit his age. Canelo Golovkin deserved the trilogy. He it's does. not his fault. He came at the at the fault. end of the decision. It's not his fault. All right. It's it's like uh, in Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault. fault. It's not your fault. It's um, not your fault. I want to close and you've been great and we can't wait to see this fight. Um, we're not. No one's really painting a path to victory for Kovalev. So I so I am. What's gonna what does Kovalev need to do early that lets you know while you're announcing it that he gets it, that he's going to be in this, he might win this fight? Get respect the first the first three to four rounds. He's going to have to bag at least three rounds out of the six. If he can do four, it's going to be amazing. But if he can do, win three rounds and get respect, and by respect I mean uh, a control control the center of the ring, control Canelo with 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 experience, then power, and then the second half of the fight, box Box, box. Stay box. outside the jab. Oh, no, oh. don't forget the right hand to the body. Hit his elbow. Don't try See, to. Everyone's hit. saying fight, bang. No, you know, no we way. Gotta bang no him, way. You know? No way. No way. You gotta. You, you gotta. Know, let's you, bring you, gotta you gotta fight the first half of the fight, but put the the rounds in the bank. Then box the second half of the fight. Let Canelo have to push the fight. Canelo's the superstar. He's the one that needs to make the impression. He's the one fighting okay. the older fighter. Okay. He's gonna have to go out there and 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 get. The, the championship from the champion. The people are saying, bang, bang, bang. you're saying, no, Lampley doesn't have to bang. He's got to go out there and Box. fight his fight. Box. Like you did Box. against Mosley. Fight your fight Box. player. Box. Um, Box. In closing, in closing, I've tried to play your Al Heyman at the Spence Porter post weigh-in party. When I said, Sergio, you got one more left. Call man Fredo. <sighs> Can we do the trilogy on DAZN did you, in Providence? Can did you, we do did this? You, did you read that Manfredo's going to be fighting? Uh, Jerry Birchfield, his promoter, just said that he's fighting in November. Where? Man, Manfredo at Dunkin' Donuts Center. Who's he fighting? I, I don't know. Some Providence fighter. All right, so here's the thing. He wins that fight. I'm pitching the the trilogy for uh, – uh, I'm pitching it to Eddie Hearn, and then okay. you're going to be okay. – you're going to come in as a consultant because you're have, the one that actually said I will the make, trilogy. I will broker this, all right? And and both of us retire afterwards. Oh. That's it. Both We're of us retire. By the way, I talked about this real quick with Mannix. People love the frigging crap out of the damn contender. It won't It won't die. They It touched people. It did, man. Do it you did. still get stopped on the sidewalk for this, Joe? Absolutely. Through the casino. 
people people from the zone. They, but even they, non-boxing they people still hang on. To mothers, them? mothers, yeah, well. and people that are kids. It's always funny. People that are like they're they're grown men. They said when I was a kid. Wow. I get that a lot. Wow. You know it's gonna be 15 years. Uh, this May 24th coming up next 15 year. 15 years. 15 years. I stretch my 15 years, my 15 minutes, to Mikey, 15 years, Mikey, baby. Mikey, you watched the contender season one, right? Oh, all right. He's sorry. He's too young. Sorry, too young. All right. Yeah, the mothers, though. The mothers are very, yeah. very, very into it. Sergio Mora, best of luck this Saturday on the broadcast. Canelo, Kovalev, the zone. You do fantastic. Thank you, Thank man. You I appreciate it, man. Yes. Thank you. The guest list continues here ahead of Canelo Kovalev with a Hall of Famer, James Buddy McGirt. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you very much. On getting, getting into Canastota. Uh, I got to stop you there before we even get into Kovalev here and say, like, is that something that, that, that you were crossing the fingers and hoping for? Was it a surprise when the phone call came? Was it like, how much does it actually mean when it finally happens? You know, you, you think about it because the year before they told me I was on the ballot, but of course, you know, didn't come through. You know, for the last two years before I got elected, inducted, I'm sorry, <coughs> I got calls and said I'm on the ballot, but nothing came of it. I had no problem. And it's just funny, the day that I got the call, I was driving home, and I was thinking, damn, it's about that time that they finally know who's getting into the Hall of Fame. And God is my witness, as I was turning the corner to go in my complex, my cell phone rings, it's Ed. So I'm thinking he's going to call me and say, buddy, you want to be a guest this year? Yes. But it was a different phone call when he said, nah, buddy, because I'm calling you to tell you congratulations. All right, so what, what's the first thought you get? I mean, are you back in the gym at 15 years old when you get that call, and you're just like, oh, my God, I, you know I made what, it. Man, to be honest with you, I started crying, if you want to know the truth. And then um, what happened after that? I got home, I told my wife and kids, and I started crying. And, you know, it was just, it's, it's, it's hard to really explain. It's like, you know, it shows that all the work you put in as a fighter, and it finally pays off the fans really – Finally appreciate you. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like you can't get no higher than that in boxing. You know what I mean? And and I'm a firm believer that without without the fans is not there's, I mean, we're not we don't exist if it's not for the fans, you know. So to know that it was just it was a great, great feeling and, and um to be there with the family and my my daughters were older there so they understand it more. I mean, it was it was the greatest feeling. In the and world. and it's it's cool because you became such a big name trainer so quickly that there's got to be a whole generation that never watched you fight, didn't know you fought, and they're like, oh yeah, that was Gotti's trainer. I love that guy. Exactly. And it's like you know, it's got to be like a you know an NBA player becoming a coach, and you start a whole new new legacy, and and that takes you into Saturday when you're in the corner of Sergey Kovalev here, and man, I feel like you're doing the Lord's work, building the trust. <laughs> And a guy who, the guy who willingly said, I train myself. I almost don't need another guy. What's the, the key to the chemistry? I need to take that and work on my marriage with it. What happened here? You know, as a kid, my mom and dad all just always taught me how to treat people, how to be able to deal with people. Not, you know what? My dad used to always tell me, watch people. You know what I mean, watch them, study them, with whoever you're around. I mean, you can see what they're about. And if you deal with them, know what you're doing when you go deal with them. You know what I mean? And uh, so I've always watched people. I've always studied people. And to be honest, what really helped me, helped me deal with people, is I had a, I had a brother. God bless him. He's dead now. My brother was the type of guy that, how can I put it? My brother was the greatest brother in the world. 
but at times can be the one of the most difficult mamma jammas ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So <clears throat> there would be times that I had to like get 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 them out of certain situations that you know I I had to be able to to break the ice with them. Reason you know? with them, yeah. I had the reason with them. You know, my brother was a real street guy, so if he got mad at somebody, there was no stopping him. But his friends would be like, "Yo, but only you can talk to him." So I would look at him. I make eye contact with him. I'd be like, "Mike, man, relax." And he was like, "What?" That's- Relax. And then he come over and start talking to me. And then I'm able to get him away from everybody. And then eventually I'm able to get him home. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, it, you know, I had to think quick. I had to think quick. So now when I got to deal with these fighters, this is nothing, man. Is, well, you know, Sergey was a stubborn dude, this a talented dude who was blowing people away. But this is a time. I mean, I, I would have to feel the most important part for the fighter-trainer relationship is early. And at the end, right? It, right. And, and this is a time where you're figuring out how to get out of what's left inside of him. And I think, I feel like you're finding more than people thought. You know, the guy, people underestimate his boxing IQ. Guy's very intelligent. And I, I believe that, and he admitted that once he started knocking people out, he got away from yeah. it. He's like, I don't need this anymore. I'm knocking out everybody. I said, but what happens when you hit that guy? He don't go. Now you got to resort to plan B. Wait a minute. What's plan B again? <laughs> I forgot what I used to do because I haven't been reminded. And it was just about reminding him. Yeah. I mean, every day's in the gym, you know, when we first started that he would be like, hold on, man. Relax. It's only the first round. Like, he's coming out gunning on. Say, look, take your time. You got 12 rounds, bro. Ain't no rush. There's no rush. And then he'll settle down. I mean, and then one day one of the guys he was strong with said, yo, man, why don't you just let him do what he wants to do the first cup round? I said, no, because you guys are hitting him with everything. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like I get the, the, the odds makers. They have Canelo as a, as a solid favorite, and Canelo's amazing. He's great. But there's there's something forecasted in that. We don't know what it's going to look like when he takes a light heavyweight punch until it happens, and he's not going in there against a light-hitting light heavyweight. So when I handicap the fight without without knowing the game on the level of a trainer or a fighter, I'm like, Kovalev's got to go for it. He's got to empty the tank. But the other yeah. experts, like a Sergio Mora, goes, no, he's got to be who he is in box. Listen, this, what you, this is how I see it. A guy like Canelo has always set the tempo with whoever he fought. He came out. Set the tempo. Did what Floyd did to him. Floyd came out, set the tempo, and that was it. He had him in his hip pocket the rest of the night. He does the same thing. He comes out, he sets the tempo early, gets you to dance to his beat, and then he just... But now, you come out to set the tempo, but we're dancing to a different tune. Mm. Still got that jab, and it's educated, and it's it's accurate. Now, how do you... Prepare for the onslaught of the body that has become a narration, a theme for this fight. Sergey can't take it to the body, and Canelo can deliver to the body. How many fighters you know like it to the body? No, not a, not a single one. There you go. Not Oscar against B-Hop. Nobody. Nobody right. likes it to the body. Yes. You know what I mean? So right. are we going to sit and worry about that? No. no, no. We're not. All right. What, one thing to worry about, though. Those damn judges who give Canelo the nod in every friggin' close fight that ever happened, and you know this Hall of Famer James Buddy McGirt, you can't fight them, though. So what do you guys do to overcome that? It's not what I do. I think it's what the commission has to do, what the people have to do, the fans. You know, a lot of these judges are fans. They're not there to do business. They're, they're a fan. So this is how I see it. If we get robbed, we get a bad decision, then it's got to be a rematch. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then the judges themselves should be. You know what? 
we got to start giving you classes on how to judge fights. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've seen I've seen some decisions, man. Not just here in boxing. Period. Yeah. That was just like it's like what the hell fight was you watching? But then I think a lot of these judges are fans. They're not boxing people. Listen, when you when you you see a commentators for football game, those commentators has either played college football or pro football. Yes. How many commentators today you can say were professional boxers? Fair point. It's a fair point. You know what I mean? It's a fair point. They don't know what the hell they're looking at. All right, I could talk to you all day, Me buddy too, McGirt. Baby. Thank you. I want to close on this, though, okay? When we look at this fight, you are a fighter. You know the mentality. If things are not great at home or somewhere else, sometimes that can come into the ring. How much is this whole soap opera storyline with Canelo fighting with Oscar, all this, people writing stories about it, how much could that help you guys? You said stories. Yes. It's what all it is is stories, because at the end of the day, they're both going to be laughing going to the bank. So that's a great point, James <laughs> Buddy McGirt. Thank you, sir. Best of Thank luck you. to you guys Alrighty. on Saturday. Sitting down with manager to the stars, one of the most powerful men in the damn sport, Igas Klimas, your fighter, Sergey Kovalev. It ha- What was it like for you guys? Because this fight was was not something anyone would have would have imagined four or five months ago. Give me the origin story. You get the call. Canelo wants you. Four or five months ago, <laughs> four or five months ago, we've been talking about that fight. Actually, probably we're talking about it now. Uh, nobody could imagine a year ago. Uh, we spoke with, about that fight, and Kathy actually mentioned possibility. But I did it surprise I, I, you? I, yeah, it, at that point was I was surprised, but then uh, later and later, then we spoke about it. It became a nature, and you know, one day she says, uh, "Yeah, he wants to fight." For this being the the twilight of Sergey's career, how you know when you consider the money at stake, the opportunity at stake against the, the biggest star in the sport, what does this mean to him? It means a lot. It means a lot. He's you know he was a very happy Canelo choose him because as according to Canelo, he chose the best fighter at the light heavyweight division. And Sergey liked that. So that was that was cool for him, of course. We've seen Sergey make his name off being a puncher, but then you know, really make some nice adjustments in recent years. The Elider Alvarez rematch, in particular, to be able to to kind of go, you know, going back to his boxing roots and and being protective when he needs to. What has been the change with getting the new trainer, Buddy McGirt, in the corner that you've seen for him? I think. Uh, <clears throat> I don't, you know, I, I, I remember Sergey from the amateurs. So and, uh, during that years uh, in here, being him as a professional, he didn't gain anything, but he forgot what he had, and Buddy McGird brought him back what he had before. Why do you think the recent trainers didn't hit? The same chords with him that that buddy did, where Sergey can feel he can trust, and and the relationship is is so pure that it appears to be between Buddy and Sergey. Just you know, it's hard to say maybe because you know some some trainers just like uh, fighters stubborn and they don't want to change anything. We just we see their way and that's what they want to go. And for some guys it's working, for some guys it's not working. And apparently it didn't work for Sergey because he's as stubborn as everybody else. So you know, so he you know he saw doesn't make a sense but you know sometimes he can be wrong too when he came to the state i was telling him for maybe 
two years on a row, but he needs to drink a lot of water. And he says, no, we were taught all our life we can't drink water, wow. especially brown. And then I took him, you know, we already were almost fighting for the, for the championship bout. I took him to the, one of the masus and the masu kind of like, wow, he's dry. He needs to drink water. And then he went and he saw a doctor. And the doctor said, you need to drink water. And he says, okay, let me try this. Let me see how it's going to work. And he did for like a two months. And all of a sudden, he saw his body start changing. Wow. Kind of like a, wow. So he's, he's kind of still learning and still growing and still kind of figuring. No, no not now. Now he's, now he's okay. I wish, I wish he had that mentality. Yes. Then he started what he has today. What do you think is on the line here for Sergey? Legacy-wise, reputation-wise. When you, when you get that call... And the number one guy in the sport wants you. What what's at stake for him? Well, it's you know keep in mind, a victory for him on Saturday night, gonna make him, without doubt, the best boxer ever in Russian history. Wow, that's interesting. That would be a a massive addition to what he's already accomplished. You know, name me name me another one who came. So far, it's a great point. Uh, we have what do we have. We have uh, Costa Zoo, Val- uh, Nikolai Valuev. Yeah, Nikolai Valuev. But nobody did so much, but Sergey did. Three three reigns as light heavyweight champion. If he would able to package that with a win over Canelo, that would be massive. Yeah. Uh, he beat he beat the good guys. He beat the good guys. He was up and down, and he came back. And, I mean. I think uh, I think uh, he would be he would be considered as the best boxer ever in uh, Russian history. That would be uh, that would be a, a heck of a feather to put in his cap. The reaction in the states when this fight got signed and you see the odds is okay, danger for Canelo, but Canelo is still the solid favorite. What has been the reaction in in Russia and in, in on that side in terms of Sergey's chances? They look at, at this as uh, Canelo biting off more than he can chew. A lot of people, a lot of people differently. You know, a lot of people talking about, you know, Sergey is done, Canelo is do this. A lot of people saying there is no way. You know, it's listen. We are in the business, in the sport where, no matter what you're gonna do, no matter how you're gonna do, the people are gonna talk about. It. Yeah. Tell you what, Canelo wins on Saturday night. Some people are gonna say, "Wow." You know, some people are gonna say, "Look him, he beat, he beat the old guy right. who is already down, and you know nothing that." Sergey wins on Saturday. Everybody, you know, a lot of people are gonna say, "Look him, he beat, he beat a small guy." So this kind of sport, what we at, they're critics always. Very, very true. I call, I call the, I call them a, a, a couch experts. <laughs> A lot of couch experts out there. Those are the fans though, that are buying all these all these big fights. For you as a manager, though, I mean, you've made such giant strides in the last five, seven years since I first saw you by Sergey's side. And we know you, Momachenko and Usyk and all these big names. This, where does this fight rank for you in terms of be, being behind your fighters? Is this the biggest fight of your managerial career? I, yeah, it's a very big fight. It's a big fight. It's a big fight for me. Uh, one of the biggest. Um uh, 
now I've been involved in uh, Usyk, Murat, uh, unification, when, when Usyk became undisputed, four belts on the line, Muhammad Ali trophy, huge big fight, everybody was talking about it, you know, so it's it's a it's a it's big up there, fight. yeah 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 this fight this fight this fight is a pretty big as well now, I've been involved in the big fights with Lomachenko as well so uh Lomachenko getting a lot of controversy from the WBC's division decision to make him the franchise champion and all this stuff and it makes all the boxing writers angry what do you guys think about all this because now we got extra champions no Haney's not the champion Lomachenko's the damn champion let's let him fight each other what do you feel about all this I think one day it's a very reasonable to fight for them each other. Why not? You know? Why not? Lomachenko is not the guy who's looking you know, to go to the easy road. Never has. Yeah, never has. So, you know, that becoming him a franchise champion, it wasn't his decision. It's not what he begged for. Uh, it's not what I asked for. You know, that's WBC decided. You know, he established a lot of things in the boxing. Starting uh, amateur, he was a best amateur boxing. As a professional, he reached all those uh, goals. Whatever you know, third professional bout, become a champion. Seven professional bout, two different weight classes champion. Uh, right now, you know, three the third weight classes, three belts already in in, in fourteen fights. So you now they see. Something is coming up. We're not giving to everybody. We're yeah. not hanging just like, you know, oh, you know, you're a super champion. You're not a super champion. You're a champion vacation or whatever all these champions are. They choose just people who made something. You know? Canelo Alvarez became the first one. Now it's Lomachenko. Your fighters have a, they all kind of just dare to be great. They want the fights now. Usyk says he wants a title shot next. That's what it is, yeah. What, what's with uh, that? That's just the mentality? He wants also. Next. Let's talk about this guy right here. <laughs> Who we got sitting next to us here? Who's next in line here? You got, you got your stable's getting larger by the day. That's good. That's what we like. That's what we're doing for That's him. what you're doing. All right. Tell me about this, this gentleman here. The gentleman. We started working with uh, Bahram Murtazaliyev. Uh, I saw him the first time I saw him. Then Sergey fought Chilemba. Mm-hmm. In in Russia, in Yekaterinburg, that's the first time I uh, saw Bahram fighting on the undercard. And uh, after that, I liked. And after that, you know, we spoke a little bit, and uh, we brought him here to the state. How's his English? Good. I believe it's very very limited. Very very limited. He's got a big fight on this undercard against Jorge Fortea, yes, junior middleweight. Trying to get in line for a title shot. Yeah, but the winner, the winner is becomes a mandatory for the champion. What kind of fighter for the fans out there listening that haven't seen Baharam. Very aggressive, very aggressive fighter. A lot of, lot of punches. Strong, hits very hard. Anxious, hungry. So fits right in 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 the uh, yes. in the cleanest stable here. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, what kind of fight should we expect here against what well, challenge? I mean, against Jorge Fortea. I don't know much about that for Taya, but uh, I'm very confident with Bahram. Oh, that's another name we gotta we gotta we gotta take notice of. That's that's climbing the ladder here. Um, such a Usyk fan, I think he's the Swiss Army knife in this heavyweight division. I think he's the kryptonite 
I think they're all in the end overlooking him and going to have a problem with him in the end. Are you going to have a problem getting him into these fights? Regardless of network, this guy could be the guy in the end. He's not could be. He will, he will be. He will be. Yeah, so you know, I hope I, I hope he's uh I hope other side is gonna accept the fights with him. Alright, alright. They always say he's too small. Well let's see. Let's see it play out. Let's see it play out Saturday for Canelo and Kovalev. I'm excited for Sergey. This is a big opportunity at the end of the line. One more big shot to to show what he has and uh we've been debating. Is it better if Sergey boxes against Canelo? Is it better if he punches and is the bully? What do you think we're gonna see here? Well, no, we, we will see. I am anxious to see it too. It's Saturday night. All right, he says we'll have to check it out Saturday night. Igas Klimas, thank you so much, Serge. Thank you. Canelo Kovalev fight week rolls on with yes. the great Claudia Trejos of DAZN. <laughs> oh, it's an ESPN reunion. For yes, us. it from is. Back it in the day, indeed. welcome into the podcast. Uh, fired up as everyone for Canelo Kovalev. I didn't expect we would enter this fight week with the soap opera narrative of almost like Canelo versus Oscar competing against the actual narrative of what happens when the middleweight champion moves up two weight divisions and faces one of this generation's best punchers. Uh, is this, in your eyes, just the salacious stuff that us journalists live for? Or is this a real story? Is there some, is there some teeth to this? Well, hold on a second. This, this story has legs and this is not the first time. This has been going on for a while. So is it the narrative that we usually get during fight week? Absolutely. Uh, is it more of the same? Maybe just uh, the plot just kind of thickened a little bit, but we've heard this story in many occasions, many different protagonists. We've had different stars, same plot line. Canelo is is a rock. I just talked to him. He doesn't want to talk about it. Goldberg doesn't want to talk about it. I get it. But I have to wonder. You know, you've been covering this game for years. You you get inside the head of the fighters. If Does that bother him? Does it motivate him? I mean, this is a pretty dangerous fight to have anything outside the ring chasing you. Know, you. I, it's funny that you mentioned that because, as a matter of fact, we had a candid conversation yesterday, uh, you know, in lieu of uh, Dadashev's death and day. Um, so, I, you know, and he's... A father for a second time. Uh, you, I, you remember he made emphasis on his family being there in the press conference. And I asked him, dude, do, does it ever cross your mind? He goes, the one thing I talk to my wife and my trainers and my mom and my dad is, yes, every time I walk into the ring, that thought does cross my mind. And I remind them to not worry because I'm doing what I love. Mm. Now, will this subject with Oscar take away and add emotion? None at all. Because again, this is not new. You got to be pretty damn mentally tough to become the biggest star in the sport and carry that on and, and, and go through some of the fights that Canelo's done. Brian, you and I have covered this for a while. And um, I, it's safe to say that we have yet to see someone that young, that composed. Regardless point. of what's going on around him, even when he's tested positive for clenbuterol, when he got into the tiff with top rank, when he's gone through, you know, different times and tiffs with golden boy promotions, uh, dude, just making the transition from Mexico to US, being criticized publicly. Always being the, the pretty boy and everybody. Exactly. Lies, and, and all the naysayers. And we got to remember this kid grew up in front of us publicly. Mm. On camera, we have yet to see him, you know, bending out of shape. It's a fair point. I mean, uh, it's weird. I just sat down with him. I was like, show me the new tattoos. He's got the new one that says perseverance yes. in, in a, in, with the letters going down in a column almost. 
And he's got the eyes of his wife now on his left inside forearm. I said, that's a bold move to do for a lady. She's got to be very happy. Somebody tattooed your eyes on their left forearm. They're seeing that every day. They're looking at <laughs> that's that's a, that's a power move by Canelo. Uh, right you, either a power move or just a reminder. Hey, you're being watched. <laughs> She's way. always yeah, watched. Always My looking. wife would probably love to tattoo her eyes exactly. all over me. Yes, indeed. Uh, what do you think about the legacy Canelo's building and not so much of, of who he's beaten and all that, but when you consider that the attitude starts at the top and spreads down. So mm-hmm. when we went through the Mayweather era, he was very selective in the fights, very strategic. Exactly. And other people follow that business sense. Now Canelo is, is sort of the guy, and he's putting out this this new narrative that, no, it's okay to challenge yourself. It's okay to take chances and go after fights people never thought they'd see. Do you think that that, that alters sort of the, the mindset of how we're going to see other fighters react? Yes, I think it does. I think it's setting a precedent. We're going back to the olden days of boxing where you would take those challenges on a regular basis because you wanted to prove that indeed you were the best in the ring. Um, and I think he, he reminds us of that essence of the fighter. You go in to fight. You don't go in to walk around. You don't go in for, a, you know, the sure win. Or you don't want to even take care of that, oh, yeah. He actually took that risk. We, we gotta, we gotta remember who he fought at a very young age. He took on Lara. He took on Mayweather. I'm sorry. He took Koto. It doesn't matter what, how old Koto was. No, Koto still had it. He still had it. I mean, when you walk the ring the way Koto does. Yes. Uh, even though his, his jab might be challenged because he's not a very reachy fighter, but he's a type of guy that would challenge you. And he took on those challenges. Nothing replaces experience. And with those three names that we just mentioned, a lot of experience. That's 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 for sure. And now, he takes us back to those days when it's a, it's a throwback would, yeah. sort of run that he's on right now. I mean, it's like it's not that we don't remember the drug test or the two years that he waited for Golovkin. Let's remember he was a diva for diva for two years, but he came back and now it's like one tough challenge after another. I respect that now from the Kovalev side. Like he's already. Made his money. He's already built his reputation. Three-time light heavyweight champion. One of the biggest punchers, finishers of this era. You know, finally, we saw his ceiling when he went in there against Andre Ward twice. But now it's like, this is like gravy, right? He's, he's going to get the biggest payday of his career That's in the it? twilight. So why not? What does he do with that? Because he got a reputation as being a front runner for the way that he lost fights and faded mm-hmm. late. But yet at the same time, it's like... He's got certain advantages in this fight that I don't think people are talking about enough. You know, we, and, and the, like good point. And with the with the Buddy McGirt relationship, it seems like he cares now, Sergey. Seems like he gets it. Their stubbornness has faded a little bit. He's ready. Yeah, I want to be the best that I can be, no matter what. This is a dangerous dude. I'm just saying, I'm not. I'm just a dangerous dude right here. Let's remind everybody that he was a powerhouse at 175, and like any other guy, he took a hit, he took a punch, he took it, he went down. What is the most dangerous fighter? The one that goes down and gets up yes, again. Yes, yes. And Andy that, Ruiz Jr., yes. 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 And, and how about Tito Trinidad? How about Julio Cesar yes, Chavez? Yes. I mean, how many times have we seen these guys go down and come back? And it's like, oh, now we mean business. And Sergey, besides the obvious, longer reach, taller, natural, um, light heavyweight, who's been been a powerhouse in that division, perhaps one of the scariest guys with a, a jab that has serious, serious damage. Um, and, and for being that big is the guy that can rely on combinations. He doesn't just stay stuck with the one-two. He goes for a three and four Very true. and can actually stay in the pocket, walk out. How many big guys can actually do that? 
I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I got to see this fight now. I got to <laughs> see this fight now. Claudia Trejos, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I Thank could talk you. to you for hours. Continue the great work you do on DAZN. Thank Enjoy you. this fight on DAZN. Yes, Thank let's you do so it. Much. Thank you. Guys.